to the line for Sandine. Fed over on the left wing for O'Reilly into the slot. Yarn quick on the wing. They score! Ryan O'Reilly's going to get his first lead point, and Michael Budding has his second goal. Achari working around back of the net. Final 10 seconds, and the crowd on its feet to salute a Toronto Maple Leaf victory against the Montreal Canadiens. Centers. That's deflected high in the air. Packed in front of the net, they score! Noel Achari gets his first goal in the Leaf uniform. Eight seconds left, and the folks on Madison Street will go home happy. They haven't been able to do a lot of celebrating in the last couple of years, but this one is a big one as far as the Leafs are concerned as they are beaten in Chicago by the score of 5-3. to three. We are back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin Cuthbert and Ailish Forfar on Family Day. The Ryan O'Reilly takes, don't take vacation days. Big day in Clinton, Ontario. <laughs> we know our hamlets. Mm-hmm. With the Family Day celebration there in Clinton this weekend. I bet it's down that newly renovated Main Street that I was talking about. I think so. I think so. I bet you, got the any, big... you got any plans for Family Day? To spend it with you drive into any hamlets? Only my family here at Sportsnet. Okay, that's fair. It's the true family. Family time in later. Uh, we're going to get some Luke Fox in time in right now with our insider. Brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Luke Fox is our NHL and Leafs writer at Sportsnet. What's going on, Luke? Oh, not much. Uh, yeah, just. Uh... Another Leafs loss to a bad team, but uh, it, no. it, it, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was a pretty fun night, though, to, to be sure. Like you, you kind of you kind of feel good for Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks. They seem to, and the crowd. Like I couldn't believe that there was a full barn, like over twenty thousand people coming out to see this team, and they were into it, even though they. They're not in last place now with those two points, but going into that game, they were in, in dead last place. Um, and I had been in places like Anaheim and San Jose uh, who are, you know, dressing teams built the tank, and it's half empty. So uh, good on the people of Chicago. I, I was wondering if they would they would give up on this team and, and not come out to support, but it's kind of impressive that they're getting close to full turnouts most nights. Yeah, maybe made more impressive by the fact that, you know, before Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze came around, they were having trouble with that. That building was yeah. not full, and you couldn't find the game on TV, and they've had, yeah, they're, they've definitely had their history uh, or their uh, previous failures with a fan engagement. I wonder, though, is it because, you know, are they advertising this game as, hey, uh, last chance to see Patrick Kane, maybe his last home game as a Chicago Blackhawk? Is is that what's getting people out in droves, or is are they just like permanently, indelibly, you know, uh, imprinted into that uh, fan base, and they can draw even when things aren't going so well? No, I, I think there's there's smart fans there, and I think they realize that there's a good chance this is coming to the end. So he only has two more home games uh, left now before the the March third trade deadline, and you know after he scored his goal, they put his, his he, they put his face. Sitting on the bench up on the the jumbotron there, uh, you know he got multiple ovations. Even during one of the TV timeouts, they did like this whole video display of you know recapping all the trophies he's won and where he stands in club records and, and all this stuff. I mean, it wasn't exactly uh, like 
this is an official farewell, but there was certainly that sense in the air. And talking to him after the game, you got the feeling that this game meant something to him. You know, he called it a big win. He said he got chills a couple times. And this is a guy who's, you know, played some pretty meaningful hockey and some pretty meaningful moments. And right now he's just kind of playing at the string and having statistically his, his worst season. Um, but he was genuinely touched by the, by the reception he got last night. So that was pr- kind of cool to see. Seems like a different Patrick Kane over the last two games, five goals and two games since we saw him here in Toronto. And we all had hot takes about how washed he was, <clears throat> myself yeah. included. And uh, maybe that like lit a little bit of fire under him to see Vladimir Tarasenko get traded, Ryan O'Reilly get traded, and him to be left saying, well, nobody wants me. Let me, let me prove it to you how, how good I still am. Yeah, you, you have to wonder if there's an element of that there. You know, like he he'll, he said that once he's on the ice, all he care, cares about is hockey. And but off the ice, how could these this decision not be weighing on him? Like you could you could see it on it on his face. And uh, one of the questions asked of him last night was, you know, what does your gut tell you to do? And he said, if if I knew. I would have made my decision already. He looks like a man who's who's genuinely torn about this and doesn't know which way to go. And as he kind of hems and haws, because he has full control, right? He has a no-move clause. Mm-hmm. And the GM is, is kind of said, hey, we'll do whatever Patrick wants. So as he kind of, you know, twiddles his thumbs and, and weighs his options, the seats are getting snatched up here. Like, like you mentioned, you know, New York... Uh, I think it's fair to say it was probably his first choice um, uh, in the past. You know, he, he's talked about how Artemi Panarin was his, his favorite line mate to ever play with. Their chemistry was off the charts. Uh, and, you know, big city, big stage, great team, good goaltending. Like, you could see why that would be a, a desirable landing spot for him. And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a player come out publicly and kind of express disappointment about not getting traded to a team uh, the way he did after this Tarasenko trade. And then uh, the O'Reilly one, there was some, some scuttlebutt that there was, you know, Toronto would have been on his list. Uh, I asked him about it after the game, actually, and he kind of denied that and said, you know, to his knowledge, nothing was ever really close there. And he said, you got to be careful what reports you listen to this time. You know, there's lots of stuff out there. Uh, but, you know, he... It, it, he's he's in a pickle right now. Um, you know, there's there's rumors that Vegas is interested, Dallas, Edmonton. So uh, there are going to be chances, I think. And his sal- his actual salary is is really quite low. It's uh, it's a little over two million bucks. So to convince a team to take on some of that salary uh, wouldn't be a lot. It's about ma- making the cap fit. Um, but the guy showed last night he can still play. Yeah, uh, and it, it was an interesting contrast given that Ryan O'Reilly not making his debut, but obviously made his debut over the weekend, playing in a second game for the Leafs. And it's like, okay, what kind of skill set was best for the Maple Leafs? Uh, they go with the guy who's been in the Selkie conversation for a long time, a, guy, a two-way center, a guy who's won a Consmite trophy, won a Stanley Cup compared to Patrick Kane's three. It really is apples to oranges, but if, whether if it's whether it's apples or oranges that the Maple Leafs chose, uh, they made their bed here with Ryan O'Reilly. Why do you think it was Ryan O'Reilly? Why do you think the Maple Leafs were comfortable giving up so many assets for Ryan O'Reilly? And what do you think of the fit with the Maple Leafs? 
I like the fit. I do think he's a better fit than a Patrick Kane. I, I, you know, I mean, if you could take both, go for it. Like you can't have enough good players, but I think the center depth is massive. And, you know, when we talked to Sheldon Keefe uh, the morning after the trade, he was like bubbly. Like he was excited about the options he had. Like right now he's, he's playing second line center and, and they've pushed Tavares to the wing. Uh, which is an interesting experiment, and they have some games to play with here. But I can't help but think ultimately Ryan O'Reilly is like your 3C, and to have that strength up the middle to push uh, David Camp or, or have Noel Achari, uh, who should not be overlooked as an integral piece of this deal, as your 4C, that strength up the middle is, is fantastic to me. You've you got so many guys that are good at face-offs, you have so many guys that are have a defensive conscience and are, are good two-way players and aren't going to hopefully put their, their teammates in a bad spot. Uh, and then you have the, you know, the, the work ethic, the grind. Uh, you know, Ryan O'Reilly wasn't lighting up the night last night the way Patrick Kane was, but you watch him down low or you watch him in, in battles on the boards, he usually comes out with the puck. Uh, and he also has a, a really great stick. Um, you know, playoffs, the dirty goals are going to be a lot more frequent than the than the fancy, you know, goals where you, you dance around a couple guys. And uh, I think that's where he'll thrive. He's not afraid to go to the front of the net, um, bang in rebounds, kill penalties. Uh, I, I do think that was the right trade if you're going to rent a guy. Yeah, oh, and that's the thing. You're going to rent a guy, and I think that's the next question is about the cost of acquiring him and Noel Chari, and, and you mentioned Noel Chari shouldn't be looked over. I thought he's been a great addition already to the bottom six, helping maybe some guys elevate their game as well who seem to be playing for a contract at this point you're adding, and someone's got to get out the door, I think, sometime when you look at the trade deadline. Um, but let's talk about the cost of Ryan O'Reilly and this acquisition. Obviously, if he doesn't decide to stay and is a rental. It's a bit interesting with the way that Kyle Dubas had spoke last week saying, you know, he wasn't interested in, in really putting a lot on the table for rentals, but technically these players are both rentals. Um, when you evaluate the cost of this trade, um, h- how do you view what they put up and what they are risking with this move? I view it as, you know, this is a, a, a window and a GM who uh, the time is now. And uh, I, I don't mind it. I think, is it risky? Absolutely. Like, if if this team goes out in the first round, the new GM that comes in is going to be like, my cupboards are bare. But it's kind of the, the cycle of sports. I don't mind it. I, I, I feel like this is a good team. I think they needed a boost. I didn't like how they, until this trade, I really didn't like how their forwards stacked up against Tampa Bay's. I really worried about, you know, that they were going to get any sort of production from the David Camp line, certainly not the fourth line with, you know, this steady cycle of Marley's up and down. And, and um, Achari gives them an identity there. Riley helps slot every, O'Reilly helps slot the rest of the guys down better. Like, don't you love Kerfoot in the bottom six more than the top six? Yes. So, yeah, do you, did, you, did he spend a lot? Absolutely, right? But the first rounder, presumably will be a pretty late one. Um, and, you know, you have to pay a little extra to get other teams to eat salary. And, and maybe he's going to use that little bit of cap space to, to make another ad, probably a depth one on the blue line. Uh, so uh, I, I do, I like the go for it mentality. I, I don't mind it. I know that this could, you know, blow up in his face if 
with another early exit, but you only have Austin Matthews and William Nylander under contract guaranteed for this playoff run and next year's playoff run. I think when you, when your window opens like that, who knows what John Tavares is going to be next year? Um, you know, credit to him, but you know, he he's aging, right? Like this is the time to strike. I think. Doesn't it feel like there has to be another move? Like the it was, you know, the one point eight million for Ryan O'Reilly looks really, really nice on the cap sheet. But as you mentioned, it does leave some room. And we're talking about half measures versus full measures. This feels like we're at three quarters measures, and you got to go full out. Like you can't fix the forward group and be like, yeah, we think Rasmus Sandin can hold up in a playoff series. Like, don't they have to go out, even if it's just you know someone to play the number five hole? But a defenseman has to be on the way over the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Justin. And, you know, Sandine has looked uh, a, a little you know, over his head against the, some of the games against real rough and rugged and, you know, the, the teams that come at you at, in waves and have deep forward lineups like Boston, like the Rangers. Uh, I worry about him in those games um, in his own end, uh, you know, as much as I, I love a lot of the elements he has. I don't know if He's at his his peak yet, um, and is ready for the the task ahead. And then you look at a guy like Connor Timmins, who also has you know some great tools. Uh, but Keith didn't trust him very much last night. I was just looking at his ice time, and it, it was low. Uh, you know, so I, I wonder if if they feel like they need to make an upgrade there. And I, I'd be I'd actually be surprised if they don't. Um, who that is, I don't know. I mean, just you know, we were talking about all the draft capital they spent, that to me takes them out of, you know, the Jacob Chikrin and, and the Vladislav Garikov uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I don't know who that guy is. I don't know how much a Luke Shen would cost. He, he's an, It would be an interesting target in my mind. Um, but defensemen at this time of year seem to, to be in high demand and, and the forwards are getting snatched up, but there seems to be a block here as, as I think teams are waiting for Gavrikov and Chikrin to go first because they're kind of the big fish that, that everyone knows is available. And I think maybe GMs are waiting to see what price those guys go for to see how much the second tier is going to cost. Yeah, it's definitely worth asking, like, what the Maple Leafs have left to trade for a defenseman. Yeah. I'm sure, like, you know, maybe a late-round draft pick. Maybe they can figure out a way to make a, a minor upgrade or at least a depth move. But uh, Kyle Dubas has pretty much exhausted his assets with the exception of the actual draft picks he has used over the years. Uh, it seems like his relationship with draft picks is somewhat, or at least his draft capital and futures uh, capital is interesting in that he's really willing to trade the draft picks, but once he makes a selection, he holds those players in really high regard. I think we've seen this with Nyes. Maybe we see this with Niemela. Maybe we're seeing it uh, with Fraser Minton. Maybe we're seeing it with Rasmus Sandin. It just seems like once Dubas has made a pick, he really, really clings to that and, and believes in that in that prospect. I, I do wonder what to make of that, though. Like, it, it, are we, we, we're definitely building the Matthew Nyes thing to be a little bit more extreme than it is. But Dubas trading the picks and not being able to trade prospects, does that say more about, like, how Dubas feels about those prospects or maybe how the, the league views the, the, the prospects that are in the Maple Leaf system? Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean... He's been it, it, it's not, it's not doesn't just seem that way it is that way like he's been very upfront saying do you want to give away the mystery box or do you want to give away 
this guy with a face and a name and we have a human connection now and we have a development plan for them and we're working with them wherever whatever wherever they are whether it's the marley's or they're in college or or the uh, chl or whatever uh and it, it is kind of interesting that he feels more tied to the humans as opposed to these things that you don't know what they are but those draft picks can turn into something, right? They could they could turn into Seth Jarvis. Like they, the, those things matter. So it, it is kind of interesting. And I also think maybe the picks you're thinking, well, they're a year away or two more years away, as opposed to this prospect that we've invested in. He might be a little bit closer to helping us out. So that might be an element, but I think you're you're getting to the point where you're running out of picks. GMs don't usually want to trade you know, first and second rounders too far in the future. Um, and you look at this year and next year, it, it's basically scraped bare. Um, so then I think you're that if he is going to make a, an ad of any significance, I think you do have to take away an actual human here. <laughs> so an actual human. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Uh, last yeah. night's loss to the Chicago Blackhawks kind of spoiled the weekend, I think, um, in terms of the excitement that was coming in Saturday night at Scotiabank Arena was absolutely electric. And then, you know, you lose to another bottom feeder team, and it's not the first time it's happened to the Maple Leafs. And if you look at the stats of the Bruins and the Lightning, they don't do that often um, or at all. And so the Maple Leafs now in a fight for home ice against the Tampa Bay Lightning and is, is kind of snuck up on them a bit and it's uh it's anyone's game at this point how do you view this this battle for home ice also having to balance trying to get ryan o'reilly in a good spot and how important this next stretch is because it's not easy they have a couple teams over 500 in a row here they're gonna have to win some games because it would be pretty disappointing i think you could agree that if they lose home ice advantage to tampa bay here in this stretch when it felt like they were playing for much for a little while and just coasting their way in and it could end up biting them in the end yeah, and I, I was lo- looking it up uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I would assume it's still true. The top three teams in the NHL in terms of um, being the best teams on home ice are Boston, Tampa, mm-hmm. and Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it, it it does seem like it, it could matter, and especially because, you know, you think about how John Cooper loves to play the matchup game, loves to pit, Anthony Sorelli on Austin Matthews because uh, Sorelli won't care about scoring goals. He'll only care about shutting down um, the Leafs' top line. So I think tactically that there definitely will be an advantage. Um, you know, you think about uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning's home barn and, and that crowd gets gets very loud. Um, it's an intimidating place to play in. Uh, you know, they, they certainly love that home ice advantage. But then part of me, I'm of two minds, because then part of me thinks, well, they had a chance to seal it on home ice uh, the last three mm. years. You know, they, they had the deciding game on home it's ice, cursed. and they couldn't do it. So part of me just feels that this isn't about geography. This is just about a mentality, and they just need to get it done regardless. Uh, but, I mean, if you if you can get home ice, of course, it, it's an advantage, but... I, I think this group has reached the point where they just have to find a way to get it done, regardless of where it is. And if you ha- if you have home ice over Tampa, uh, that probably means you're playing better hockey down the stretch. So that would be a good sign as well. Well, you've got the addition of Ryan O'Reilly, 
and you have Morgan Riley. How are you going yeah. to be able to differentiate the spelling between these two names? Because I've already screwed it up a hundred times, and I'm not even a writer. You're writing every day. I yeah. Best of luck. Yeah, I, I like. When I first started covering the team, I was messing up Morgan Riley's name because it is kind of <laughs> odd to put the I first. Mm-hmm. But now, I, and now I'm so accustomed to writing his, I, I'm bound to screw up um, O'Reilly's name. I know. Oh, we'll be. Uh, I'll be spell checking all of your articles, okay. and I'll make sure I'll make sure we keep you in line. Uh, enjoy your happy family day, Luke. Thanks for joining us, part of our family here at Sportsnet. We love chatting with you. Okay, my morning show family. All oh. right. Take care. Very sweet. Luke Fox, NHL writer at Sportsnet, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. I'm glad we don't have to write, eh? He brings up a good point. Riley. Got to remember Riley. Morgan Riley, Ryan O'Reilly. I did run into Joe Bowen at the game um, on on Saturday, and I was like, oh, exciting. You got a new name to talk about. And he goes, yeah, you know, I've, I've gotten an idea how to keep the spelling in line and he okay. goes you know it's the after c i before e except after c but then he said there's no c but c as in a captain mm. he was wearing the c so he's got it all that's figured good. out and no he, i think that's uh, a good way to put it i hope you brought that brought that to air that's, and i said no, i said you're gonna say that on the radio aren't you he's like i will definitely <laughs> say it i'm like perfect <laughs> uh i I, he, I think he brings up a good point with anthony anthony sorelli like you need ryan o'reilly to be your anthony sorelli mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter that he's having a poor year offensively if he can slot into that third line anchor group make them a dominant unit at least in terms of being on the right side of the puck and right side of the gold differential stat column that means a lot because it opens up as we mentioned, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, whoever you're playing with, the weapons in the top six, if they can be and feel a little bit more liberated in a playoff series, because ultimately, as much as we like how the bottom six looks now compared to how it looked at this time last week, it's still going to come down to those top guys getting it done, scoring those goals. The offense can't dry up for them, and hopefully O'Reilly's presence will allow them to focus on objective one, which is to put the puck in the net. Speaking of O'Reilly, we've got... The father of Ryan O'Reilly, Brian O'Reilly, joining big us. Big Clinton guy. Big Clinton. Oh, I should have. I should read him some Clinton stats. No, we don't want to waste his time. Well, maybe the, maybe we'll ask him about the number one landmark. <laughs> what you got to do if you're spending <laughs> one day in Clinton? The radar. The radar. Brian O'Reilly, father of Ryan O'Reilly, who posted a really great tweet. You got to take a look if you have a moment on Twitter of Ryan's children watching their dad skate out on the ice for the first time wearing a Leafs jersey. It's very. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's really cute to see. Um, he posted it on Twitter. We're going to chat with him on the other side of the break, and then we'll do a baby wake and rake. So send in those picks at 590-590. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Morning Show, Sports at 590 The Fan. It is family day, and we have a newest member of the Leafs Nation family, Ryan O'Reilly, making his Toronto Maple Leafs debut on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada against the Montreal Canadiens. What a great way to be thrust into the atmosphere. And the family of Ryan O'Reilly is none other than Brian O'Reilly, father of the newest Leafs Number 90 on the ice, number one in our hearts. Welcome to Leafs Nation, Brian. Glad to have you on the show. 
Oh, well, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Seems like an exciting couple of days for the family. I'm sure you've been feeling all the excitement and the love. We saw your awesome Twitter clip of the kids seeing Ryan skate on the ice for the first time. What's it feel like to be seeing your son wear the blue and white? Well, my wife and I are, you know, natives to Toronto. Uh, we left the city uh, to come back home and, you know, all the familiar places and the familiar things. It was just unbelievable to think oh my god my son plays the Toronto Maple Leafs it was <laughs> like an awesome just awesome so you saw him in the blue and white the kid the grandkids saw him in the blue and white uh yeah you you detailed the discussion you were having uh with Ryan I guess in the lead-up when this was more of a, a you know a possibility than actually materializing at least just yet and, and he said what if I help bring a Stanley Cup to Toronto imagine so I know we we kind of understand we understand that you know Toronto is a special place in your heart. But what is it about the Maple Leafs? What is it about this opportunity for Ryan which makes it so appealing and captivating? Well, you know I grew up in you know well, you know Saturday night. Ailish um, may kind of understand this. Uh, I'm we're, I was an immigrant family from Ireland and oh. our. Saturdays, um, our Saturday evenings when I was a child was uh, spent. My father was a professional soccer player in, in, in Europe. Wow. Sport in our family was huge. Mm -hmm. Well, as soon as they came to Ireland, my dad was fascinated with hockey. And, of course, it was Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, when Irish people get together, they love to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. and they love to argue and they love to fight. And um, I kind of grew up um, in a situation where that was our Saturday night. Um, and it was a tradition. Like, you watch the Maple Leaf games. Like, that's, that was the excitement of the week. And um, it was like, it's just like I can't describe the bizarreness of, okay, my son's playing for them. <laughs> You know what I mean? So they could talk about a deep root. Like, you know, we became Canadians. And um, and Canada, you know, was such a great country and what it, you know, gave us. And, um, you know, we have a history of, you know, drinking family problems. But, but the memories I still have, the best memories of my family are sitting around with my family. Yeah, they'd all be hammered, but <laughs> it would have a bottle of Coke. And uh, and a, a bag of chips, and that was the highlight of the week. You couldn't wait to watch the Leafs. So this is so deep in my heart. Um, it's it's something you know that I you know it's like like I, I'm pinching myself. That's how deep it is. Well, that was so that, that was so sincere. I couldn't make the Alish potato chips joke there uh, of what she would uh, <laughs> truly understand. Uh, the the uh, so we we got the text before the trade, right? And then uh -huh. we have the debut Saturday. What was the conversation like with your son after he was able to make his Leafs debut? Okay, um, after he after he made it, like after the game. Yep. Okay. Uh, just he says. Oh my, you know, oh my God, Dad. He goes, I am one exhausted. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. sleep with the <laughs> the excitement and 
the change and um, the challenge, you know, I've got to figure all this out again of what I can do to help these guys win. I feel a tremendous amount of pressure um, and, um, and mounting Toronto pressure. Mm. Uh, and um, he goes, I love it. Um, again, if you know my son, you know, when, when the pressure goes on, he like he absolutely loves pressure. And the thing for him is always, okay, I got to figure out my little piece here that I can bring and bring it a hundred percent that helps the team go over the top. And we talked a little bit about that, about, you know, grounding yourself in the things you can do, not worrying about the things you can't change, um, letting and understanding people's roles and finding a way to augment what they do. Um, and then it was so funny because as we're talking about all, all this, the cup is lingering. Like, you know, he goes back to this would be like another thing in history mm-hmm. that helped bring back the cup to Toronto. <laughs> He said, like, what a life dream. Mm-hmm. You know, he said it would be the pinnacle. So, um, yeah, you know, and <laughs> I think he's pinching himself. Um, mother is over the moon. Bonnie, my wife, my beautiful wife, Bonnie, is like, she, it's so funny. She can't, can't sleep last night. She couldn't sleep the night before, nor could she sleep the night, the night he started to come. Mm-hmm. And knew he was on en route to Toronto because she's she's just she used to work at the gardens. Like this is like oh, wow. oh my, God. my son is playing with Maple Leafs. Like <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just about to say. No, you're allowed. Yeah, Father, you're, fathers of Leafs, newly acquired Leafs are allowed. <laughs> oh, okay, that's well. Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, though, like she's up in bed right now trying to sleep. And she, mm. you know, saying to me, I, I just can't sleep. So our whole family is is just dancing about it, over the moon about it. And geez, you know, I just, I just hope it all goes well and we can bring the cup back to Toronto. To be a part of that would just be awesome. Oh. We agree. Uh, we're speaking to Brian O'Reilly, father of newest Toronto Maple Leaf, Ryan O'Reilly. And obviously this means a lot to your family and to Ryan. And it's great to see the excitement around it. Um, I, w- I want to talk more about that mentality that you mentioned that Ryan has. He's obviously had an incredible storied career. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He's won the Conn Smythe, one of the hardest trophies and most prestigious trophies in sport. Um, what is, what's different about him as an athlete in terms of that mental fortitude, like to deliver in big moments. And as a Maple Leaf, that might be his role too. And that's what a lot of people are expecting is him to have that playoff pedigree that maybe the Maple Leafs have been missing. Um, has he always been that way? Is that something you guys taught him um, or is just born different? Well, I think, I don't think he's born any different. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing, I, I'm a high performance coach by trade. So I'm working, like I work with the Windsor Spitfires. Um, I'm a high-performance culture coach. So so I know about, you know, sport and teams. And I think the team, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been many times in the position with the talent they have to win it all. I really believe that. But 
the most important thing about doing anything with human beings is, and I say this to, you know, people I work with, executives uh, who own, you know, are involved in big business too. We don't understand something, that there is a psychology of winning, and it's called internal psychology. And what it basically is states is any human endeavor that, that humans do, the success of the endeavor is determined by how the people doing the endeavor get along. And when there are, you know, immaculate relationships that you have people, people in your organization that are unselfish and the organization breeds an environment where the most important part we give to our players is we want their creativity and they want their work commitment but they won't give it to you unless they know you have their best interest in mind. They have to like you. And you can put the best talent together in the world and not succeed because of the relationships between the players and management or the players themselves. You can have great management, but if the players don't get along and like each other and play for each other, then success falls apart because when there's unhappy people, Unhappy people don't, they become selfish mm-hmm. and then they think about themselves. And, and I think that curse is everywhere in every sport, in every organization. Everything comes down to your capacity to be compassionate, loving, caring, and hold each other accountable. And I think with Snook, because Snook is his name, like we, no one, when you're growing up in, a, in, in the country, um, Everyone called him Snook because we had so many foster kids and he got that name. But what's unique about him is, you know, we've lived with, um, my wife and I took in a ton of foster kids. He's seen a lot of adversity. He's seen his parents caring about other kids as much as they care about their own kids. But he had to learn, hey, buddy, it's not all about you. Your shit stinks. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody else's. And... The, the happiness and success you're going to have in your life is coming from what you do and give to other people. And the more you make it about them and find ways to support people, regardless of where they're at, find a way to connect with them, support them, care about them. That's where your success will come. And I believe he really understands that and he really believes that. And I think that's why he's had the success. And that's why I think anyone has success. Well, there's some parallels there, right? In the 2019 season for the St. Louis Blues, things weren't going well, and, and maybe people weren't getting along then, uh, but they figured out a way, and they started playing for each other, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup, going from last place to winning the Stanley Cup that season. Now the Leafs aren't in last place, but they have some history to overcome, and, and hopefully Ryan O'Reilly can help uh, them do that. Last one for you, Brian, because we appreciate uh-huh. your time this morning. Who came up with that curb of his? <laughs> That was him. That's the way he kind of is. He listens to his heart. He experiments, and he finds out what's best for him. And what I love about it is he also lives from a place where he doesn't know what's best for other people. He lets them decide. Uh, Brian, legendary interview. We're so glad to have had you this morning. I hope you guys uh, bask in the enjoyment of this moment, get some rest, and maybe we get to keep talking with you uh, year after year. It'd be really great to have you a part of our Leafs family for a while. So make it happen, Brian. No pressure. (laughs) 
I love I love supporting people, and if you know, I have a Twitter handle, Coach Bry One, mm-hmm. because I'm tweeting out tweets about you know just how to be better at what you do and all kinds of things like that. And and if you ever need me, you can reach out, or anyone listening can reach out. I would support anybody and help. Oh, that is so sincere. We really appreciate it. We'll, we'll share that as well, and um, we'll be we'll be following along and keep keep those videos coming to the kids because they're super cute too. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I really hope that Toronto can um, can do something that hasn't been done in a long time. So do we, Brian. Appreciate it, and enjoy uh, the family day and all the new family that's back in town. Hopefully, in Clinton, which is a new uh, big big fan of the show here. Clinton, we, we we appreciate Clinton and the Hamlet. We love Clinton. We love Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Talk to you all another right. time. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Bye bye. Wow. Brian, o- Brian O'Reilly, father of Ryan O'Reilly. Um, that was absolutely just so sincere, so sweet. That was a wonderful interview. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, I thought a couple more questions. We might, you know, go, what was the complaint for a couple, uh, couple curses? Hey, you know what? It's okay. It He's allowed. It. He's allowed. There's it's one. Brian O'Reilly. The, the fathers of new Maple Leafs are allowed to uh, drop a curse if they want. And how he feels. High performance guy. Like we See, might. That's really interesting. And and I know he was he was kind of like playing it down, but. That certainly makes a huge difference in terms of like you, the, your parents help shape you. And if he's a performance coach, there's a little bit there. Maybe and we should the, have him join us sometimes. Uh, well, I, us forget lessons. us. I think maybe a little appearance in the Maple Leafs room. That's just right. like one. If you just can, when the Winter Spitfires trade him to the Maple Leafs, yeah, the father <laughs> from from St. Louis to Toronto, Windsor to Toronto. Let's get all the uh, the O'Reillys working and playing for the Maple Leafs. That's uh, really sweet. No, he's. Uh, s- Clearly, there's a lot of wisdom there, and mm-hmm. they are unique. Like they do some wild things in terms of training. Brian and Ryan, uh, Ryan's doing stuff like on balance beams and on medicine or on uh, exercise balls. Like it's not the Clinton the, way. I think the exercise ball is recreating, you know, or splitting the atom by any means. But Ryan does some interesting things, and I think Brian's been at the heart of a lot of the training and the development for Ryan O'Reilly. So he deserves a lot of credit. And Bonnie. And Bonnie, of course, he used to work at Maple Leaf Gardens. He's staying. This is wild. He is staying. His go. mom worked at Maple Leaf Gardens. So sweet. Like I have no worries. This isn't a rental. Okay, you heard it here first. I wish Brian would have told us. Actually, there's a contract in the works. Yeah, it's, it's in my drawer at home. In <laughs> okay. Um, all right, that was very sweet. Well, we're going to try to get some more Ryan O'Reilly teammates on the show this week. Former teammates. We might have one lined up for you tomorrow, but you have to intent. Intent. Former Leaf too. Intent. We're not going to say Why don't you just tell everyone? No, we're not going to say anymore. Um, they can do their own investigation. All right, let's do a baby wake and rake here. We have no Toronto sports in action. Obviously, the Raptors are still a little bit all-star break here until Thursday where they're home against the Pelicans and the Maple Leafs are on the road in Buffalo tomorrow. So no Toronto sports, but we have a full slate of NHL and obviously, once again, no NBA. So get creative today. All right. I'll give you mine. Okay. Seattle Kraken and regulation over no, San Jose Sharks. That was mine. Oh, well, that's why I go first. Seattle Kraken, regulation against the San Jose Sharks. There's some daytime hockey today, which is exciting. 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 7 p.m. Everyone's just basking in the oh, holiday no. season. So I'm going Kraken in regulation to beat the San Jose Sharks. Uh, question for you because you have your yep. preferred sports book up. Do you see a three way money line on the Florida Panthers and Anaheim Ducks? I do. And the answer to that is... Florida is what I'm looking for. Florida in regulation is yes. minus 250. Darn. 
What about them on the puck line then if you're so confident? Oh, maybe I'm not that confident. Uh, That's crazy. We got, we got Boston straight up money and line is minus tonight. 420. Ooh. Nice. Boston Bruins on the three-way money line is minus 200. We're going to have to go through the anchor selections, and then I think I'll have to add mine. Okay, no problem. Um, I'll read a couple anchor submissions while you focus. Um, okay, Neil. Neil in Newfoundland. Um, this is from ATP. No more fading Bublik. This is a match that breaks this horrible losing streak. Bublik has been good and has lost some close matches versus good opponents. He took out, ooh, this guy. He's always picking the tough names. Uh, Kradnovich, Kradnovich, sure. <laughs> Bublik minus <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> Bublik minus one and a half today um, at minus 125. So Bublik on the spread, and that's an ATP. Um, Eric from Burlington, good morning to the morning show family. Hope you all have a wonderful day. I was awake for about five seconds to hit send on this text. Don't worry, I'll listen later. Dedication, I know. I like the Bruins puck line. This game should not be close, not even a little bit. Sends are on a back-to-back and won't stand a chance. Um, all right, Stephen Sutton, my guy. Marley's money line. I like that. They're they're in the ACC today, so they'll want to bring the winning vibes. Well, Scotiabank, love that. Um, final one here, Ron and Juliana, our favorite fan morning show family. Happy family day. Mm-hmm. Ron and Juliana say, for our pick today, Sidney Crosby to score an anytime goal. That hit for us on Friday, by the way. Um, Juliana's in Ottawa. Oh, so she sent her pick from there, and she says, take the over in the Ottawa-Boston game. Yeah, that hurts. I We took Crosby... We put that in the parlay and we, we lost did. it because of me. Mm-hmm. That was that man, was that probably been a good our one. most profitable parlay. Yeah, we had a twelve for fifteen week last week. Two wins. Each of us went eighty percent four for mm-hmm. five. It was a good week for the wake and rake. I am scrambling here, but here's what I'll go with. All right, no rush. Five minutes. Talk it out. I'm gonna take the New York Rangers. I like in them regulation a lot. minus one hundred five. Winnipeg played yesterday. The They're Rangers. Okay, yeah. The Rangers it. are returning home from the West Coast, which is which can sometimes be a little bit of a problem spot, mm-hmm. but they're playing really well. And I think Winnipeg kind of grinding at, I don't know if it's the end of the road trip, but back-to-back, Jersey to Manhattan, maybe there's a little distraction. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to take the New York Rangers because they've been playing really well lately. And it's the last game, so you can bail if you really want to when we're two for two already. I don't like that vibe, Justin. I'm just saying. So cracking in regulation, Rangers in regulation... I'm kind of feeling Marley's money line. A little Toronto action. Steven Sutton. All right, let's do Shout it. out Sutton. We're talking about hometowns today. Clinton, my hometown, Sutton. I think we do it. We've never once put an we gotta, AHL we gotta, team. We got to find it, though, to make sure oh, it fits it. into it's our... It's minus 110. Okay, we're, we're laughing. It's basically then. a coin toss here. Against the Utica Comets, 3 p.m. at Scotiabank Arena. Why not? Start your day with a little Marley's Comets. A little hometown action here. So we're going to do Seattle Kraken in regulation versus Sharks. Rangers in regulation versus the Jets and the Toronto Marlies straight up money line against the Utica Comets plus 627 today. Let's do it. And we're going with Bublik. We've been fading oh, yeah. Bublik all along and yeah. now Neil's on Neil Bublik. Says, Never the market mind. is overcorrected. Let's bet some Bublik. <laughs> um, we got a couple last minute ones here. Just Chris from London says Knights and Spitfires is sold out in today for London for first place. Knights by two. Yeah, but... Who works for the Windsor Spitfires? Yes, right. We can't fade. Brian O'Reilly. <laughs> fade Brian. I'm not fading Brian Best O'Reilly the show. ever. No, he's a legend. Did you have one more? I thought you had two more. No, that was it. That was it? Yeah. Uh, I did have a uh, bad moment on the weekend. Well, you were crushing BLs. Yeah. Uh, hanging out in the sauna. Bougie co- it is a bougie cottage. Was a little sauna, sauna on? Sauna. It was on. So it was, and it was really hot. So we decided to do a little polar plunge, but mm-hmm. I jumped in maybe about a foot of water. Justin. Had to like try to land on my side and not break my ankles. 
Why would okay. stones Did embedded you know in my it was hands? That shallow. I knew. I panicked. Oh, okay. I panicked. You didn't it was like, cold. You didn't do like the the gentle belly flop where no, you glide I jumped, in. Jumped off the side of the dock into like your hand is cut up too. Yeah, I had stones. In, I think there might be one still in my hand. You probably get that looked at. Nah, it'll be fine. It'll come out. I think the doctors are closed. Anyway, it's family day. Yeah, a little scratched up. You Getting know what? old. You know what's in right now? Cold plunges. This is the trending thing right now in the world. I kind of loved it. it was no, nice. like there's like I know people are going to be all over this, and it's not rocket science, but there's medical and physiological benefits to doing a cold plunge every day. Well, they talked about this on the broadcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Keefe was surprised, apparently, that he that Ryan O'Reilly missed the first bus to the rink, but he found you know him why? in the cold tub mm-hmm. when they got there. Well, I used to take... And if Brian O'Reilly Brian is giving Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> advice, you should use the benefits of the cold tub, <laughs> we should pr- probably all be looking into polar 100%. plunges. 100%. When I played sports in my past life i ice bathed every single day was that what brian was referring to by the way he said you'd understand was that i don't know he was knows that, a lot uh, about me is apparently Alish, uh, irish name yes it that's, is Where okay that's been? what it was that's yeah. that's what we were going it was really for sweet that was nice but no i used to ice bath every day before or, or sorry after practice i thought he was more like well the, the athlete in the room would understand that too but, but i'm just saying the, the benefit irish. of ice baths and your cold plunge i think it's a real thing and you just have to get your hockey bag out of the bath. Buddy, it's been out of the bag for months now. <laughs> Steven Sutton says, cold plunge saved my golf game. Well, there you go, Steve. <laughs> Are you golfing at the Briars, Steve? That was my hometown golf course when I was growing up. The Briar and Sutton? The Briars is a nice course. Oh, look at you. Have you golfed it? No. Shout out to the Briars. I've never been north of Clinton. That's... I was over the weekend, That's probably north. really far, actually. Um, well, okay. Wonderful day. Happy family day to everybody. I hope you're enjoying it with your loved ones. You are all our loved ones, especially our text line this morning. I know people are sleeping in a little bit, but I was glad to have a couple of you up. Listen. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, listen to, you know, listen to the podcast. Download, subscribe. Five stars. Brian O'Reilly is already a f- best friend of the show. Hall we of have, Fame guest. We do. <laughs> Hall of Fame guest. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Hope you guys enjoy your day.